It's a brand new day, and we're putting the AM in American politics. We've seen the darkness of division and despair and are now jumping into the light of a bright path forward. Progress is here, and we're sharing its story with you, for you, all with the help of Signal Boost. Now, here are your hosts, Zerlina Maxwell and Jess McIntosh. Welcome to Signal Boost. This is Jess McIntosh. I'm here with Zerlina Maxwell, and we are joined right now by Jeanne May Desmarais. She is the Senior Director of U.S. Emergencies for Save the Children, and she's here to talk to us about the Afghan refugee, refugee kids that Save the Children is on the ground helping right now at Fort Bliss Army Base in El Paso, where thousands are entering the country and being processed. Jeanne May, thank you so much, first, for the work that you do, and second, for being here this morning. Um, how are you holding up? Holding up very well, thank you. Wow. That, well, I think because we get to be part of the helpers, oh. it's as simple as that. Because we get through the incredible generosity of our donors, we get to do something. We can be on the front lines, whether it's at Dulles Airport or on Fort Bliss, and we can help support children's immediate needs. And I always wish there was more that we can do, but at least we can do something. And that, that's true for everybody who's on the call. You can do something to help. I think that's I think you just hit on exactly what all of us are feeling, especially with regards to this particular story. It it feels like the the it is emotionally overwhelming to see what is happening and to feel like like I I've got an extra room like I would put somebody but I don't like we don't know what to do. Like we don't right. know where where to put our outrage and our, our sadness and it it feels it feels like it feels like impotence. It feels like we just don't have we don't have a way to help. So so talk a little bit about the work that you do and and how you do get to help. And then I'm going to ask you what we can all do to help you. Sure. So since the earliest moments of this crisis, when the families started arriving, we were working both at the airports where they were arriving, particularly at Dulles Airport, where the largest number of families, I think it's 40 or 50,000 people have arrived over the last few weeks, and then also working at Fort Bliss. So once the families arrive in the U.S. for their full visa processing and um, all of their medical screening, all of that is happening at eight different military bases across the U.S., once that happens, the families will then be released and resettled into communities across the U.S. And that's really where everybody can get involved, whether it's through an act of kindness to help in some small way, you know, help explain how a supermarket works in the U.S. or help a child integrate into a classroom or, you know, have your child be friends to one of the newly arriving children. Um, it, it takes small acts. It also takes very large um, acts and, and large amounts of support to help more than 100,000 people resettle in the U.S. right now through this crisis. What are the scenes like in the airports? Like, what, is, what does it look like when you, when you meet a plane that's coming in from Dulles? Sure. So it was heartbreaking. Um, the, the, I have to clarify, the arrivals right now at Dulles have been paused um, for a, about a week. And we're, we're waiting to see when the flights will start to arrive because we know there are still 
a number of thousands of families who are still waiting for that final flight into the U.S. But when the families arrive, they have nothing but the clothes on their back. They have been through really harrowing journeys. A lot of the families told us they were trying for more than seven weeks to desperately get on a flight out of Afghanistan because they know their lives and their children's lives depend on it. So when they arrived at the airport, they were in rough shape. They needed immediate simple things, food, water, um, basic hygiene support. A lot of people had, and particularly babies and young children, have been sitting in the same diaper for 20 or 30 hours. Mm-hmm. They uh, had severe diaper rash. So at the airport itself, Save the Children was able to set up uh, safe uh, and clean private areas for women to nurse and also for uh, like simple diaper changing stations. And then right nearby, all of the families were taken to a transit shelter where they got food, they were able, the adults were able to shower and save the children, set up a large children's play area. And for the first time in weeks, you could see kids becoming kids, the stress just Mm -hmm. melts away. And the children were able to play and relax before they took their next flight or, or whether it was by bus or flight, onto the military bases. At the military bases, um, in particular Fort Bliss, they have built or they're standing up a tent uh, city that will house ultimately as many as 15,000 people. There were about 10,000 there as of um, the last count I heard on uh, Saturday. And the uh, the families are going to have to be there probably, they're saying for many of them, about a month to six weeks for them to be fully processed so they can enter the U.S. and start to rebuild their lives. But this is out in the, the desert. They have limited access to running water. Um, they have uh, very, very limited sanitation for the families. Uh, Many families are living in the same large tents, so no privacy. And in this culture for women, it's so important. They're very modest women. And to have a private area, whether it's to nurse your baby or to just care for your family. So at that site, uh, right now, they're in the process of setting up what they're calling a humanitarian tent, which there'll be a few of these on the base. And this is where it will be like a community center where families will come to receive some basic supports. So again, Save the Children is operating children's play areas there. Over time, over the next couple of weeks, we'll start to introduce some basic English language learning for children, some mental health and psychosocial support so that kids can Mm -hmm. start to deal with the traumas that they've had. Um, and then also, of course, support for, for parents and mothers with very young babies. We know on that base, there's over 300 newborns, so very, very young, very vulnerable children. Um, I think one of the problems that happened with this crisis is that when they set up the shelters, they were all set up for adults. And hmm. over half of the newly arriving families are children. And so they weren't set up with the right services and supports, particularly for young children. So that's why we are there to partner with the government to help them ensure these spaces are as safe as possible for children and that they're a positive environment. So kids can be very resilient, even when they've come through the hardships of war and conflict, which for every child that's arriving, that's all they've known in their life is Mm 
war and conflict and tremendous hardship in, in Afghanistan. But now that they're arriving here, they have a new chance at life. And so to support their immediate well-being really helps them have the best chance of becoming contributing members of communities here across the country. Um, do you do you feel like, um, you know, when we think about this particular issue, um, this is one of the aspects of it that is simpler? Because I feel like the protection and care of children, I don't know how politics gets mixed up in that, but often um, it does. And I feel like this is one area, because um, we were just talking about other aspects of this crisis in the last segment. And I feel like this is one area where we, we should, as Americans, be able to come together around the idea that we need to do everything we can, whether that be through government policy or even individual um, action, um, to protect these children. They didn't do anything wrong. And they're in they're experiencing these circumstances as a result of choices other people made. I agree completely. I think children are the innocent ones and particularly children who have only known war and conflict. War and conflict are deadly for girls and and for children and women in particular. And so I think there has been a lot of of support from all sides of the aisle for this, but it's going to take a, this is a, a, like a marathon effort. This is not going to happen quickly. And to help these families have an opportunity to learn English and to get jobs and to integrate into our communities is really going to take support from all sides um, to make that happen. I met, a, I met a father, and this is just indicative of the types of families that are coming, but he was watching his beautiful daughter's color um, in, in the play space that we had set up near the airport, and he started to cry, And which for a man from Afghanistan to show that level of emotion, you know he is feeling extreme stress. And he said to me, you know, I had a good life in Afghanistan. I worked for the American embassy as a translator. We had a home, we had a car. I could take care of my family there. And he said, I've lost everything. I have nothing and I have, so I have to, how will I care for my family? He was just, as I said, he stood there yeah. quietly crying next to me. And that's the challenge the families are facing is, how will they, they, these are, these are smart, competent people who yeah. help the U.S. in their country, and now they're arriving here to restart. And so how can we as a nation come around these families and support them, but especially the children, because the children did not choose any of this. Mm -hmm. And um, again, the children can rebound if given the love and support and uh, the, the basics. It, uh, I think, as, as you said, this is not rocket science. It's taking care of children's needs, it's they're distinct and and unique and important, but it's not rocket. We can we can figure this out together, and the government knows how to do this. The government operates multi-million dollar programs to support young children's well-being. But the problem is, the part of the government that was setting up the bases is not the part of the government that provides Head Start programming or early learning program, child programming. And so they, there need to be new collaborations. And 
One exciting thing that Save the Children is getting to do is we've been asked by the federal government to co-lead a new working group focused on children's needs so we can get those different parts of the government together at the table to say, okay, what are the most critical issues for children right now, whether it's on the bases or it's part of the resettlement process, and who has resources and who know has the right expertise to fix these issues? Um, yeah. One of the issues that on the base, I hope it's all right for me to share, but one of the first for issues sure. that came up is that the, the contractor who was doing feeding and, and the, the meal services for the families on the base refused to do formula or uh, feeding support for young children, that that's outside what? their scope of work. And we were like, well, this is a critical unmet need. And people were providing, some people were donating and providing powdered formula. Well, the families didn't know what to do with it, but also the families don't have access to clean running water, don't have a place to sterilize bottles or nipples. And that's gonna put little babies at grave risk. So we were able to say the children was able to partner with a number of different groups on the base. And now they're able to provide pre-mixed formula and that come in these individual bottles with, with a nipple on it. So it's clean and safe for the babies. And we're still working, okay, how are we gonna fix that long-term? And it, it's things like that. It's not rocket science. But you do need to know about children and their needs, and you need yeah, to they be need able food. To... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Part particularly young children, and you know, again, young children are so vulnerable that um, if young children, infants and toddlers, become dehydrated, they are the most vulnerable and fragile medically. And so you need to be able to identify their needs and flex and meet whatever their critical needs are. So that you don't end up with sick or, God forbid, you know, worse than that, um, young babies and children. I, I, I don't know. I, I like I I'm I'm honestly pleased that I still have the capacity for shock in 2021 right. in America. But I am genuinely shocked that we were not prepared for children. Like, who do you think of when you think of refugees? You think of their families. You think of, of kids like all of the refugees I know came over as very young children. Like that is the first thing I think of when I think about refugees is, is children. Um, right. So the fact that we were like, what, they need formula? Like babies can't wow. just have a sandwich? Like that's just, oh okay, what can we do to help you? Because <laughs> what you're doing is really, really important. What do you need from us? Well, thank you. We have established an Afghanistan crisis children's relief fund. So if people, whether it's you know a very small donation, a large donation, that will help. But also keep your eyes open in your local communities because these families are going to be coming out into communities across America. And it's, it's as I said, it's going to be both little things, helping them learn how does the bus system work here in the U.S. or hiring them into jobs and roles here in the U.S. now as they're trying to learn English or for many of them, they already have some English as they're, they're trying to come into the communities. But whether it's giving through your local charities or supporting your children's school as these, as these children arrive and start to learn what it means to be an American now, what it means to, to live and work in this country. All right. It's so important well, the web... that we all think of it this way, though. Oh, yeah. Get the website. Yeah. The website is savethechildren.org. 
that is where you can go to offer your assistance. I'm sure I will be spending some time there today. I'm just sitting here in my own, like, I'm just stewing in my own anger right now. <laughs> well, turn your anger into action. That's okay, really, exactly. And I, I think that that goes back to the first thing you said is, you know, how, how do I cope right. with this? Seeing it every day on the front lines, you cope with it by doing something. And that yeah. somehow renews your spirit, you know, that by doing something, even if it's a small thing, a small thing or a big thing, it, it can make a huge difference in your own ability to continue to, to face the challenges. There, there are more families forcibly displaced right now. So we call them families on the move, more families on the move around the world right now than any other time in history. And people need help. There are massive crises happening, but we, we've got the resources to help and support. And that's always been what's best about this country is incredible generosity at these moments where people really need it. And, and I, it, that still gives me a sense of optimism that we can do this and we will do this. You know, we will do this. So whether it's support through your church or your local community organization or through organizations like Save the Children, uh, we, can, we can rise up and meet this need. Thank you so much, Jana May Damaray, um, for all of the work that you do and, and sharing that with us this morning. We really appreciate you. Well, thanks for having Thank me you. on and thanks for really caring about these children and this issue. Thank you. We'll be back tomorrow with another Signal Boost podcast. Thanks for listening.